This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. You, you can't put all your whole of everything into anything other than Jesus because he is the only thing that you can count on long term. Is Jesus first in your life? Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. In case you've forgotten this, let me just remind you that you don't have to seek things and neither do I. We seek God and he adds the things. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart beautiful single lady who wants to get married so bad you can hardly stand it. <laughs> I, you'd be happy just to have a date, as a matter of fact. Just like. <laughs> Tell God what you want, then get off of it. Don't camp on top of it the rest of your life. Seek God and let him do the right thing in your life. Amen. And I just, just, just throwing this out there for your comfort. You know, if you're single right now, you can pretty much do what you want to. When you get married, not so much. <laughs> now, hey, I love being married. I've been married 50 years and I've got a good one. A really good one. But here's the thing. You want to make sure you wait long enough to get a good one. Because if you get a bad one, mm, you're going to wish you were single again. Colossians 1, 17 and 18. I want you to look at this. This is so good. And he himself existed before all things. And in him, all things consist, cohere, and are held together. I love to just look at that verse over and over. He's holding everything together right now. <laughs> Jesus isn't here. Everything falls apart. He is the head of his body, the church seeing that he is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. Now, just get this last sentence. So that he alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place, stand first and be preeminent. That's such a good scripture. Okay, so let's just talk about some of the things that could be first in our life that probably shouldn't be. Well, how about making money? No, we all like money. We all need money. But when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to ask for your bank balance. <laughs> There's not one person in here that's going to say, bring my accountant. I want to know how much money I got in the bank. You're going to want some family. You're going to want some people that love you. You're going to want to have peace to know that you're going to meet with Jesus at any moment. 
Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not gather and heap up and store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and worm consume and destroy and where thieves break through and steal. But here's a scripture that I absolutely love. Do you know in Revelation, I think it's 3, 17, it says, Because in one single hour all the vast wealth has been destroyed, wiped out, and all ship captains and pilots, navigators, and all who live by seafaring, the crews, and all who put their trade on the sea stood a long way off. You know what the Bible says? In one hour in the last days, Babylon's going to completely fall. The whole world system and everything that we put all of our confidence in, stock market's going to fall, everything's going to fall. So we have to realize that everything that we have, all of our money, all of our possessions, everything we have, and I'm not saying this to be scary. I'm just saying it so we get our priorities in line. I'm saying it to myself as well as you. I mean, it could be gone in one hour. So we want to make sure that Jesus is first. And sometimes when we get too caught up in trying to make money, how many people are working today? I'm not saying it's you, but how many people are working two and three jobs so they can pay for a bunch of stuff that they don't even need? a bigger house, a more expensive car, or this or that, a boat, a yacht, or whatever. And it's okay to have those things if you can have them without stress in your life. But if they're going to stress you out and you're going to be stressed out over the debt of having to pay for those things all the time, and you're going to have to work so much you can never spend any time with your family, then maybe God brought you here tonight so you could re-examine some of your priorities Because you know what happens when we don't look at our priorities, to be honest? We can get in places and not even know how we got there. It's like, what happened to my life? Have you ever thought that? How did I get in this mess? How did I, how did I let myself get into this situation? All those things have pull on us. Okay, maybe you're a young person and right now you don't have a lot of time for Jesus. I mean, you got a little because you're here tonight, or you got a little because you're watching this TV program when it comes on. You don't have much time for Jesus, but you give Joyce 15 minutes in the morning. <laughs> but you, don't, you just don't have a lot of time for that right now because you are busy getting your degree. <laughs> well, so let's just talk just for a smidge about education. Now, education is wonderful, and thank God for smart people in the world and all the stuff that they do, and I'm certainly not saying not to be educated. I will tell you this, the anointing is better, and I don't mean that insultingly, but I mean, you, like, I don't have a lot of education beyond the 12th grade, and I'm doing okay I've got God's anointing. However, God can use people with big brains in different ways. The apostle Paul was probably the most highly educated of all the apostles, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So I'm not saying not to have education. I'm not saying that it's not good. I think it's phenomenal. But it's not as important as having the anointing. Now, if you can be really smart and have the anointing, 
Woo! I know a few people like that and they can do stuff that I can't do. So you don't have to have it for God to use you. But if you do have it and you still put God first, then he can really use what you know, but in the right way. Amen? So I, just two scriptures, just, just so whatever it is you know, or whatever it is you think you know, you don't think that it's more important than what it is. You know, sometimes people that are highly educated look down on people that aren't as smart as them, and that's not good. It might surprise you who God will use. For it is written, 1 Corinthians 1, 19 through 21, it is written, I will baffle and render useless and destroy the learning of the learned, the philosophy of the philosophers, and the cleverness of the clever, and the discernment of the discerning. I will frustrate and nullify them and bring them to nothing. Where is the wise man, the philosopher, the scribe, the scholar? Where is the investigator, the logician, the debater of this present time and age? Has not God shown up the nonsense and the folly of this world's wisdom? So, you know how many smart people there are sitting around having discussion groups about how to fix our world? <laughs> you know how many billions of dollars are spent on people trying to figure out what is the problem in the world? What is wrong in our schools? What's wrong in the government? Well, I can tell them for free. As long as God is first, everything else works out. The further you move him down the line, the worse conditions get. I just, I, you'll have to excuse me for just a minute, let me take my liberty, but I don't know how dumb you can be and still breathe. I mean, surely people with even a little bit of a brain can look at what has happened in our society and see that the more people try to get rid of God, the worse conditions our world gets in. And so, I mean, honestly, and I'm not trying to be insulting, but if you don't see that, then you can have 40 degrees, and I'm just telling you, you are not very smart. So there's education and there's wisdom. <laughs> And God wants us to be educated, learn all you can learn, but use it for God's glory. Don't get all caught up in some worldly notion, an idea of how things should be, because God says, I'm going to bring it all to nothing. Now, here's a good one. <laughs> if I, this is, a, <laughs> this is the 1 Corinthians 13. If I have all knowledge and have not love, I am a useless nobody. <laughs> if you have all knowledge, if you know everything, you could have every degree that exists, and if you don't know how to love, then the Bible says you're, you're nobody. You're nothing. So just, let's just think about this for a minute. What would happen if every grade school, every high school, every college, every person who went 
to those schools. What would happen if they had to take a course in what love is and how to walk in love? What would happen if they had to take a course in manners? I mean, you can be smart and still be rude. You can be very smart and still be obnoxious, not know how to treat people, not know how to love people. And so see, if your head knowledge outweighs your spiritual knowledge, are you with me? If your head knowledge is greater than your spiritual knowledge, then you're already headed for trouble. People fail at Christianity because they don't educate themselves in how to be a Christian. You're here tonight educating yourself. I wouldn't go to a doctor that didn't have any education. <laughs> Anything we're going to be good at, we've got to put time into it. Amen? Climbing the ladder of corporate success, you better be careful when you get to the top that you don't find out your ladder's leaned against the wrong building. Amen? How about um, maybe you're spending too much time on your girlfriend, your boyfriend, is your husband first or your friends first? You know what? And I don't mean this wrong. People will disappoint you. And when they do, you better have a good relationship with Jesus. Amen. Because people come and sometimes they go. <laughs> Amen. How about your kids? Are you putting your whole life into your kids and you're so busy with your kids and running your kids over and all over the place and you're just so busy with your kids you don't have any time for Jesus. Can I tell you something? They're going to leave. <laughs> Come on. They're going to grow up. They're going to leave. And hopefully they'll have time for you. <laughs> and they may move to another state and you may see them twice a year. You, you can't Put all your whole of everything into anything other than Jesus because he is the only thing that you can count on long term. Just humor me in the six minutes I have left. <laughs> yeah, I got a clock. They're keeping me on time. Just humor me and tell me if anybody in the building has thought of even a minor adjustment you might need to make in your life. Good, then I did my work. Okay. Now, what are some of the things that the Bible tells us should be first? Well, giving before spending. <laughs> I was thinking today, how many people get aggravated when somebody receives an offering? And especially if they talk about it very long and can get judgmental. Of course, it's always easy to judge when you don't need the money, so there you go. But yet, 
you'll watch QVC for one hour while they try to talk you out of your money to buy another bracelet. You don't get mad at them. What do you think they're doing? <laughs> Come on. You go stand in line for four hours to get the latest iPhone. But when I advertise these couple of books, if you thought, oh, I want to get that book, if you go out there and there's a 10-minute line, come on, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you know how we know what our priorities are? Super simple. What do you put your time into? If you don't have time to spend with Jesus, I'm talking regularly. I'm not talking occasionally. I'm talking regularly. And you don't give him leftovers. You give him the best. Amen. I'm best in the morning. That doesn't work for everybody. But I'm, I'm telling you, this woman, I get up, I get my coffee, and I go to my room. And I don't come out till I'm pretty sure I can act decent. And some days that takes more time than others. But most days it's about an hour and a half to two hours to get me up to where I need to be. Now maybe you're nicer by nature than I am. Come on. We're not supposed to just have a bumper sticker and go to church on Sunday and then act like the rest of everybody else the rest of the week. We gotta get this in order before we get out in the world. Be ready to walk in love and be kind and nice. I like this one. The Bible teaches us that we should first examine ourselves before we try to help anybody else. <laughs> we're real good at telling everybody what's wrong with them and we're so blind we don't even see what's going on in our own life. Amen? Amen. How about this? The Bible says forgive others if you expect God to forgive you. So there's another first. First, forgive God. I mean, first, forgive others, and then God will forgive you. You know, putting God first in your life, in all things. Your money, God doesn't need our money. <laughs> there, there's, no, there's no bigger testing time than at offering time. Lisa did such a great job receiving the offering tonight, and let me just say a couple things about tithing because I'm not receiving an offering tonight so I can do what I want. <laughs> you know, sometimes if you're getting ready to receive an offering, you've got to be careful what you say because then people think you're just trying to get their money. But I'm not doing that tonight so I can just kind of unload here. <laughs> God doesn't need our money. Some people say, well, you know, tithing is under the Old Testament law. Well, yeah, they had to. God gives us a new heart. We want to. Amen. And if they could give 10% under the law, I wonder what we should be doing by grace. Uh-oh. When God sent Elijah to take care of that poor widow, Elijah didn't need that widow. 
He was a great prophet. He'd been miraculously fed by the ravens. His brook dried up. God said, I'm going to send you to a poor widow. And not only was she poor, she was broke, depressed, and suicidal. Thanks, God. I appreciate that. I kind of like that brook better. He didn't need her. She needed, she needed a miracle and she needed some anointed ground to sow into. So God sent her one of the greatest prophets in the land so she could get out of the mess that she was in. And he said to her, she had a little tiny bit left. And he said, well, you give me some first. So we just need to get rid of all the attitudes that we have about, man, the preachers just have to get your money, blah, blah, blah. You know, first of all, don't even, when you give, don't give it like you're giving it to a person. Give it to God with all your heart. Give it to God. And you, can out, out, you cannot outgive him. Let God be first in your conversation. You know what we did at lunch today? We, we talked for about an hour and a half about the early days of the ministry and what all God's done for us over the years. Now, we don't do that every day, but it's good to talk about the things that God's done in your life. Let your conversation be full of God. Think about him. Spend time with God. Put him first in your money. Put him first in everything that you do. And you know what? Some of the upside down things in your life will turn right side up. A lot quicker than you think they will. Man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay, now, I'm going to talk to you just a minute, and then Lisa's going to come up and close the service. But if you have not surrendered your life to Christ, and you would think, well, this is a church service. Surely everybody in here has received Christ. Well, not necessarily. Maybe you came as a visitor. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you thought Joel was going to be here, and you ended up getting me, and I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> It's a hard act to follow. I don't smile as much as he does, I know. I always tell Joel, I'll come in and beat up on him a little bit. You can nurse him back to health next week. But listen, if you have not received Christ as your Savior, or you're in some kind of a backslidden, you've fallen away from God thing, and you want to recommit your life to Christ tonight, I don't know, maybe you're in here tonight and you say, Joyce, I don't even really know. I mean, I go to church, but I don't know if I'm born again. Well, let me tell you something. If you are, you'll know. When Christ comes to live on the inside of you, that doesn't mean that you don't have any more problems in your life, but it means that you, you have a companion. You have a helper. You have a peace that you cannot get anywhere else. If you need me to pray with you tonight, to receive Christ as your Savior. Slip your hand up nice and high so we can see where you're at. Come on. I see lots of hands out there. Come on. Come on, nice and high. Amen. Okay, now listen. I'm just going to ask you to do this because it's good for you. You don't have to if you don't want to. But I always tell people, if you won't take a stand in here, there's no hope you're going to go out in the world and take one. So if you meant what you said when you raised your hand, I just want you to stand up right there by your seat and we're going to pray with you. Just stand up right where you're at. 
Some Holy Ghost filled person, reach out and hold their hand, okay? Just put a little, little Christian love on them there. <laughs> Come on, look around you. There's people that everybody's ignoring. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, now, if you didn't get up and you're wishing you would have, do it now. <laughs> Amen. All right. All right, now. Yeah. All right, now we're all going to pray this prayer with you. And here's the thing. It's not like some magic thing is going to happen. You may leave and not even feel one bit different. You could, but you might not. But the point is, is if you believe that Jesus died for you and he is your savior and you are truly sorry for your sins and you're willing to turn away from them, Tonight, right now, you become a brand new creature in Christ. All old things pass away. You get a brand new start and you'll never be alone again. So let's pray this prayer. Everybody pray this with them. Father God, I love you. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. You paid for my sins. I need you in my life. Come and live in me. Forgive me. Save me. Take me as your own. Jesus, I receive you now. Take me just the way I am. Now make me what you want me to be. Thank you so much for loving me. Come on, give God a praise. We pray you've been encouraged by today's message. Do you ever find yourself asking, who am I or why am I here? These are questions we all sometimes struggle with. If you're wrestling with these questions, then we have a special resource, Knowing Who You Are in Christ, that'll help you find the answers through studying God's Word and discovering your true identity in Him. In this multimedia teaching series, you'll also learn how to apply His Word to conquer your challenges, and to understand just how valuable you are to Him. When you order this resource, you'll receive four of Joyce's teachings on CD, one teaching on DVD, and a booklet filled with encouraging scriptures. This package is also available to download from our website. Knowing Who You Are in Christ is available to download or to order for your gift to the ministry in any amount. Connect with us today. Visit online at JoyceMeyer.org or call 1-800-727-9673. Watch episodes of Enjoying Everyday Life. Read daily devotionals. Follow a Bible study plan. Here, 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 and here. The same great teaching from Joyce that you know and love, now on the palm of your hand. With the new Joyce Meyer Ministries app. Think of it as your daily dose of encouragement. Right here, right now. Search Joyce Meyer in your app store and download the new Joyce Meyer Ministries app today. 
If you are a medical care professional, we need your help. In fact, people all over the world need your help. And it's an opportunity that will change your life as well. You see, through our volunteer medical trips, we travel all over the world to places that are very remote and have desperate need of health care. So go to our website, check out the schedules, and join us right here. We hope to see you soon. We hope you enjoyed today's program. For more information, visit JoyceMeyer.org. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries.